Hey, you're listening to Worst Day Ever, the podcast dedicated to the horror stories, the shit shows, the worst days on set, told firsthand from the filmmakers who survived them. I'm your host, Tom Taher. Today on the podcast, we have sound designer Michael Keane. And funny enough, Michael is actually the sound designer of this podcast. He is the reason everything sounds so crisp, so clear, you know, all the sound design, sound effects, jazz, percussion, you know, he is incredibly talented. Michael's worst day ever story is centered around when he was just getting into sound designing and the living nightmare he experienced while working and sound designing his first short film. My name is Michael Keane, and this is my worst day ever. So this is a number of years ago. Uh, I'm still in film school at the time, uh, studying sound design in the film production program. As a junior, I was plugged to sound design one of the later senior thesis films, and I thought, you know what, this would be a pretty good way to delve into what I would have to do in the later year. And of course, you want to do a good job, build a nice little portfolio for yourself. The thing was, the the most complex thing I had sound designed up until this point was like an 11-minute short film with a total of three speaking roles. Only two people were ever on the screen at the same time. It was in a house. It was very simple stuff. Um, On top of that, I had like another person designing it with me. And this thing I was walking into was, in the end, like 23 minutes, many speaking roles, several of which were puppets. Uh, It was a musical. There was a a veneer of fantasy to the whole thing. Uh, It it needed a a solid creative direction as well as technical competency. And I was still learning a lot of those things. I didn't have anywhere near a a competency level that would let me glide through the role um, with the level of grace that would have been preferable for it. So what happens is that uh, I end up getting two weeks. So the end of of my two-week deadline is more or less the end of the deadline for the film itself. Uh, And as I get the picture lock, you know, the film's all edited and complete, and I go to sound design, I work for a full day, I realize that I'm just not going to have enough time to do this thing, even if I work every day, like 12-hour days, for the course of the full two weeks. And maybe that's me sort of overestimating the workload, um, you know, being a little afraid, but I, I, I did what any questionably sane college student would do at the time and just sort of worked into an all-nighter to get a better handle on the thing. But after I completed that all-nighter, I, I, uh, I just kind of kept going. Keep in mind, I'm sound designing this thing at the film school itself. It is open 24-7 if you have a key card to get in. I'm realizing after a certain point, you know what, if I go home, that's shaving off precious hours, at least in this beginning stage, before I know I have a handle on this thing. So I, I just opt not to, not to go home until further notice. For a while, I, I'm, I'm just working in the basic computer lab, so I try to catch some winks by just putting my head on, on the table next to the computer. Uh, turns out that can block your airway fairly well, and I woke up literally gasping for air a few times, like, <gasps> head snaps back, that kind of thing. Very soon, I move into one of the two reliable 5-1 mixing suites. These things are large, all dark, 
and I proceed to just stay in this room for really days on end because of course other films need this room and the common practice is uh, <laughs> squat, uh, literally just squat in the space and see how long you can last before someone walks in with a reservation and it worked fairly well uh, but that also meant I was pretty scared to, to leave the space because someone could walk in and they would have every right to just sort of eject my hard drive and start working and I, I felt like I couldn't lose those hours. Um, so as a result, I, uh, I only left around 4 a.m. every night. I couldn't sleep sitting up uh, in the room, so I would go out to my soccer mom minivan in the parking lot and crawl into the back seat where I could lay down and then crawl back out and go back up to the mix suite. So I'm wearing myself down over days of doing nothing but working and not sleeping or eating or drinking. This, this sounds insane. And yes, yes, it was insane. I was suffering from a very awful uh, compounding case of imposter syndrome. In case you're unfamiliar, imposter syndrome is in which you feel like what you are doing, the role you are performing, you are not suited to do, that you have no idea what you are doing, and that it's only a matter of time before everyone finds out. Um, and of course, the, the antidote to that is you fake it till you make it, which is much easier to say than believe. And as a sound designer, as the person responsible for, you know, the aural soundscape of a whole film, you feel the weight of all of the people who have worked to make this thing a reality. On top of my own neuroses about worrying that I just wasn't competent enough, I was scared of just letting all these people down because I'm learning on the job. I, I, I jumped in the fire, which on the bright side is that I learned a lot, but on the, on the downside is that I am literally in fire. Um, and then eventually, I think it was a Friday, who knows, I get the opportunity to screen uh, the film so far for the senior sound design class, which is just, it's a, it's a way to listen to your film in the theater setting, and you get to get a round of notes from all the seniors, um, which was great. I was basically in a fugue state when this happened, or if not a fugue state, I was just severely depressed. Um, so I go into this room with a little trouble opening the session, uh, playing it for the seniors. And these are people I, I know, I'd known them for a while, uh, really just top tier human beings in general. And there's, you know, that part of you that, that wants to kind of justify uh, that belief that they may have had in you at the time. And so as I screen my film, uh, and we get through maybe a few minutes because it's the tail end of the class. We, we stop and the notes themselves weren't bad, but the way my brain was warped at the time and how worried I was for this project. And my brain's interpreting everything they're saying uh, as, oh no, all of the things I've been doing, all of the things I've been trying have been for naught. And I have no one to blame but myself. It was imposter syndrome come home to roost. I am so exhausted and warped at this point that as I enter the central rotunda of the film school, I just start crying. Lots of strangers walking through this whole area, including people I know. I'm just, I'm just sobbing. And of course, you know, the professor walks out and definitely sees me crying my eyes out. And some part of my brain that's not, you know, spiraling in turmoil realizes that, great, this is a guy I'm going to have to take a class with next year. And as far as he knows, I received a round of notes and then immediately broke down. So that in particular would, would be the climax of my worst day ever experience. Uh, however, it uh, became very formative for me. I uh, went home, 
uh, ate, slept, went back to school the next day, found some of the seniors and said, hey, sorry for uh, completely breaking down in front of you the other day. And they said, no, it's fine. And then they helped uh, look over uh, my project with me again in a much calmer setting and validating all of the turmoil I felt relating their, their own experiences of working themselves to death. And in one person's case of not wanting to do sound design anymore after graduating, which believe me at that time I felt. I finished the film, go figure, when it actually screens, the channels had been messed up on the final export, so all of the dialogue coming out center is now coming out the right speaker and everything else is coming out like left and center, the music, so it's just a disaster. And I just chuckled to myself like, of course. It's the equivalent of you could get hit by a bus tomorrow and what does it matter? Like, all of your tracks could get screwed up and what, what, what were you worried for? I go into a detox in the summer and the next year as I come back as a senior, I'm all but ready to just kind of throw it in uh, and say, you know what, after senior year, I'm not doing sound design anymore. Uh, and because there's no stakes to that, because I don't have to worry about that anymore, I'm just going to have fun with it. I'm just going to appreciate sound design for what it is as a subject and just kind of, you know, have a good time. And as it turns out, you know, abrogating myself of the responsibility to be good in favor of the chance to be happy and to have fun allowed me to rediscover an appreciation and a more sober love for sound design. I had an easier time sound designing two senior theses that year, and I ultimately had the time and the emotional capacity to, I think anyway, kind of pay forward what the seniors uh, had done for me when I was a junior, in helping a number of my peers who were going through the same thing that I went through in my junior year. And that, if, if nothing else, makes me very happy that that day, my, my junior year, was my worst day ever. And that wraps up this episode. Thank you, Michael, for coming on and sharing your story. You know, when I hear this story, I think it's arguably the most relatable because, you know, it's a story centered around when you're starting out and the mistakes you make when you are starting out. And I can name countless things that I fucked up on when I was starting out as a filmmaker. I mean, case in point, my worst day ever as I was starting out as a cinematographer, I ruined an entire music video. And I feel like anyone listening, if you're gonna you know, get into filmmaking or get into anything for the first time, you're gonna have stuff that you fuck up on. The one thing that's really cool about doing this podcast is the more and more people I've had come on and share their stories, the, the common thread is being able to come out the other side. You know, having had that worst day ever, there's, you know, some sort of silver lining or something that you can carry on to your next shoot or to the next project. And I think, you know, Michael's story kind of encapsulates that in a way where, yeah, I mean, it was probably the worst week of his life. Um, but, you know, moving forward, I can guarantee you, he probably didn't make those same mistakes. So. If you're listening to this, you're starting out as a filmmaker or starting out in anything, just know that, yeah, it's gonna suck for a while and you're gonna make mistakes, but it's kind of how you pivot, move forward and kind of carry what you've learned from those mistakes, you know, onward. So anyways, thank you, Michael, for coming on and sharing your worst day ever. And if you've been enjoying the podcast so far, I have one small favor to ask. Depending on where you're listening to this, if you scroll down, you'll have the option to write a review and leave a star rating. If you could take a quick moment and fill that out, it really does help. 
This being a fairly new podcast, the higher ratings allow this to be discovered and listened to by more filmmakers. In turn, leading to more worst day ever stories. Anyways, that wraps it up for this episode. Tune in next week for another worst day ever.